The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out. Yeah, I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, oh yes, baby, I'm fired up about something that you're not going to expect me to discuss. Oh yeah, it's the LSU women's team, and it's not just the team, it's the discourse around all of women's basketball as a whole. We gotta fucking discuss this, and you might be just part of the problem. We'll also get into some sound bites from around the world of the NBA. Very light soundbite week, very cute one. Shaden Sharp, Shaden Sharp, why he's not afraid to dunk on a man a foot taller than him. We got our Himmy of the Week award, and finally, we get into some news from around the league, including Zach Levine kind of being a bitch, Jordan Poole being the least effective player in the entire NBA. Our Dubs fan know what time it is. And Jason Tatum suffering a broken heart over a missed teammate. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. William, drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. All right, let's do it. I am fired up about this. We must discuss it. I was trying to figure out the thing that I'm most passionate about around the association. And I said, you know what? It's actually women's hoops. I am fired up about LSU, Louisiana State University, not just because of the story, which is also enticing, very riveting tea, but more importantly, like actually importantly, the discourse around women's basketball is fucking trash. So this is what's happening. LSU won the chip last year. Around Outstanding Player of the Year, All-American transfer from Maryland, Angel Reese. Angel Reese became big on the national stage because she absolutely out Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark, who everybody thought was Steph Hurry, and she did the John Cena face. It became huge national news. She blew up, and then it kind of became racially charged between Iowa and LSU. By the way, LSU unapologetically black team, Angel Reese, eyelashes, nails, the whole nine. So the peeps are already in wait to be fucking bigots. Anyway, things got kind of even more ugly when Joe Biden decided to float the idea that Iowa, should, who lost, should also go to the White House along with LSU. And I tell you what, things were not great just pretty much starting then. Since then, though, Angel Reese has been everywhere. She's been in Cardi B videos. She's been hosting the ESPYs. She's been DMing with Shaq. She's been on TikTok showing her abs. She has become a full-fledged celebrity. Fast forward to now, the college basketball season. LSU dropped a shocker to Colorado. No, no, no sleeping on Colorado. They were a sixth seed last year, but we're talking about the champs here. And the champs 
got taken to the woodshed. And things have been hitting the fan ever since. Real quick, Kim Mulkey apparently before that first game was like, hey, Angel Reese, we're going to need you to step up and be the leader on this team. And then Angel Reese was on a milk carton. Then Angel Reese has been benched. And even more currently, Angel Reese is now away from the team. Head coach Kim Mulkey is very cagey about where she be at and when she's going to be back. There are rumors that it's because of Angel Reese's low GPA and that it's so bad that she's academically ineligible. There are some people online saying that Angel Reese actually applied to take LSU classes online because she didn't want to be on campus around the common folk because she's too big of a celebrity now. So there's definitely something fishy going on with the whole scenario. Because as a player, Angel Reese wouldn't be academically ineligible right now. The way that it works, according to folks that are more knowledgeable about the situation than me, Angel Reese, even if she flunked every single fucking class right now, she's not academically ineligible until next term. Which means, in order for her to be ineligible now, she would have had to flunk out and have a under 2.0 GPA last term. Which means we wouldn't have seen Angel Reese play any basketball so far this year, which we have, which means something is amiss, right? Get it? Tea is brewing in the bite. So I wanted to investigate, just like I do the men's game. Let's get into the tea, baby. Let's search behind the scenes. Let's check Instagram stories. Let's get into the fact that Blau J's mom and Angel Reese's mom are going back and forth on Instagram, calling each other names, calling each other daughter's names. I know as a former basketball player, mamas be in the mentions. So I thought, hey, that's cool. That's like totally fine. This will probably do like 30,000 views. The thing blew up. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. This video did well because people are so excited now about women's basketball. Boy, was I wrong. It is not, that is not why uh, it blew up. Foolish me. Apparently, my videos. Uh, and others like it, are a hotbed for racists to convene and say racist-ass shit and sexist to come out and say sexist-ass shit. Instead of talking about basketball or commentary about how Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were celebrities at LSU and also Justin Jefferson, and they never took online classes, uh, we got comments about how Angel Reese looked like the girl or the animal from Madagascar. We got Angel Reese being called classless, being called overrated, saying that she has an attitude, AKA being too black, having a big ego, AKA being too black. L how LSU is ghetto trash, AKA too black. Comments about Angel's looks, how Caitlin Clark is better, i.e. because she's white. Comments about how women's hoop sucks in general, AKA because they're women. It goes on and on and on. They're blowing the whistle on themselves. God damn it. The dog whistle is out and it is ringing clear. If you know, you fucking know. And then the worst part is it's such a hotbed for racists that people, just the fact that people were commenting that shit, people thought it was racist just because they brought the topic up. People were like, oh, you're bringing a lot of energy towards LSU. You're bringing a lot of energy towards Angel Reese. Dog, you got to get onto my videos. You know what I mean? You can't be doing all that. To me, bringing up tea in the women's game is a byproduct of the interest in the game in general getting larger. It's a sign of respect, a sign of admiration. Covering the women's game should be covered the exact way that we cover the men's game. So I'm fucked up about the whole fucking thing, baby. I am, of course, riveted by the LSU drama.
but I am more fired up by the way that people are reacting to the LSU drama. I think the discourse around the women's game is absolute dog shit. This doesn't happen when I talk about Zion being fat. This doesn't happen when I talk about Zion and his baby's mama drama and the fact that he slept with an OnlyFans girl and then she blew him up. No, that does not happen. It does not happen when we talk about James Harden's antics. It doesn't happen when I bring up real scandals like Miles Bridges and KPJ. He's a bucket, he's a bucket, he's a bucket. But for whatever reason, inserts notes, knows the reason, whenever I bring up the women's game, it turns into some nasty, disgusting, despicable ugliness. It brings out racist tropes and dog whistle bullshit and sexism. It turns people fucking ugly. I just have to go into the comments and delete and mute and block and then defend myself. And we need to also just take a look at why. Why does talking about women's basketball lead people to such a dark place? It needs to fucking stop. I can't for the life of me fathom the reasoning behind some of these comments because you don't you don't like an unapologetically black woman who speaks her mind. You don't like someone who put the same trash talk in Caitlin Clark's face that Caitlin Clark was spewing. You don't like women athletes? Would you just not like women that are like doing stuff like your biases are showing. I suggest this. If you think you need to spout out about the women's game in any way that might be construed as sexist or racist, how about you just do this? Fuck off. Seriously, like just fuck off. Honestly, just go somewhere else. Just admit to me you're living in your mom's basement and you're not wearing any underwear and you're wearing hunter green sweats with leaves all over them and you're playing call of duty eating cheetos the puff kind like go go somewhere else we know there's no real place left for you except for a place of anonymity and toxicity like so absent banishing you to like the dark side of the moon like absolutely fuck off and let the rest of us talk hoops because we care about hoops in fucking peace okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. God damn, I'm upset about that. We gotta calm down now. Uh, on this week's soundbite of the week, Steph Curry time. Let's just say Steph Curry knows this year is closer to last year than it was the year before that. We've got a real issue in Golden State. And I think Dubs fans, us Dubs fans, know it. And I think Steph Curry knows it too. And right now, Steph Curry, sad puppy. He is back from an injury, and he already knows that even with him 
breathing confidence, breathing life into this dog shit squad. Sorry, Dubs fans. The Warriors aren't getting any better. They are now on a six-game losing streak. Even the greatness of Steph Curry can't stop the downslide. And Steph, it feels like in this clip, is at his wit's end. He's trying to figure out what to say. He's trying to figure out what to do. But he's like, yay, hey, guys. It's bad. It's really bad right now. This from following last night's presser, following a heartbreaking OT loss to the Thunder. They gave up a game-tying three to Chet Holmgren. 1.7 seconds left to go. Chet Holmgren looked like KD out there. And then they got in OT a kidney shot after kidney shot from Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Sad Steph said this. I suppose early, but I think, you know, through this losing streak, uh, we got a little rattled a little bit, so we got to, you know, figure that piece out. And, you know, missing Draymond is tough. Uh, I was out for two games. Like, seems like a perfect storm of everything, so we have to – Again, maintain confidence in ourselves and our ability to figure it out. Uh, but it's going to take everybody. How, how urgent does it is it starting to feel about like you know it is still very early, but feels like the urgency is coming. I mean, losing streak like this is urgency for sure. Pause. How urgent does it feel? Fucking super urgent. What are the Warriors right now? Record. It's not good. Six and eight. It's not like you've. Anytime you're this many in a row, it's it's a problem that you got to fix, and you don't want to develop a losing mentality at all um, at any stretch in the season. Just that's a that's a stink in the locker room. You don't really want to want to have in there. Anytime you have a losing streak this long, it's a problem that you got to fix. He looked at Anthony Slater like, "What you mean? How urgent? What do you think we got time on our side?" Steph said this a few years ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, you can't win it a month into the season, the championship, but you can certainly take yourself out of the running in the first month of the season, which is why Steph Curry and the Warriors are not happy campers. Steph had 25 last night in his first game back, facing double teams all night. Andrew Wiggins has his very first good game of the year. Looks like his confidence is back, and that was not enough to win it. Sad Steph dejected Steph, absolutely bummed out Steph is enough to bring down an entire locker room to the point where you almost feel sad for him. You almost feel sad for a guy with enough rings. He can fit it almost all on his entire hand. And then you realize our dubs, our dubs don't need sympathy. They don't need our kind words. This is the dynasty we're talking about. And dynasties don't lose six games in a row until they're no longer dynasty. Oh, man. So, yeah, maybe if they win, everything will be all right again. If they lose, they probably need to go shopping at the Chicago Bulls store because something needs to be shaken up soon. Let's move on to the Himmy Award. He is I and I am him. Pimp with the tilted rim. I forget how it goes. How's it go? Himmy, him, him. We could have gone with the usual suspects, which a lot of times you can. Himmy Award could have gone to Joel Embiid. 27 a game this week. Luca also balled out, but it really came down to two people, two camps, if you will. On one hand, you have Kevin Durant, who is single-handedly keeping the Sun season alive. How good has Kevin Durant been? 32.3 points per game in his last three games, eight rebounds and seven assists. Suns have won two in a row, only 
because of Kevin Durant. He looks as good offensively as he maybe ever has. I have never seen so many shots come out of Kevin Durant's hands that I know right away are splash. Whew. So you know someone had to be light fucking hot, light fucking out to knock him off the perch. And we go to OKC where we have one, but no, two dudes who could actually be the Hemi of the week. On one hand, we have Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren, 36, 10, and 5 in an OT game over the Warriors. He hit a fall away spin on your pivot foot three with 1.7 seconds left to go. I thought the game was dead to send it to overtime. Those are Hemi numbers. He's putting up Hemi numbers every single night now, except for when he played Wemby, mediocre 9, 7, and 3. So he will have to be put on pause. Why? Because of SGA. His teammate, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, out of Oh, Canada is the shimmy. Oh, good Lord, has Shea been good. He's averaged 31, 5, and 6 with an insane one block and three steals per game this week in three OKC wins. Includes two wins over the Golden State Warriors, including that OT win I just mentioned where he scored five consistent Hotly contested buckets in a row down in overtime to snatch, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Oh, over Steph, he out Steph Steph. And now OKC has won six of the last seven. They might be the second best team in the West. I said to myself, oh, wow, they could go to the Western Conference Finals. I'm not saying they will, but they could because that's how good Shea has been. He's probably the most unstoppable player in the league right now. Honestly, I don't know. How you how you contend with that? But ISO mid range doesn't matter. You put a hand in his dome piece, right? You could put your finger in his nostril, and it would not matter. And it seems like he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which is why he was especially salty when Poku poured water on his freshly braided hair in the post game interview, and he was like, "Stop that shit! Absolutely not! Do not!" And an angry Shay will be even more of a menace on the court. Don't be fucking around with the man's braids, okay? Do not. Fresh braids? Oh, you got to be kidding me. I have said this before last season. OKC is a problem. And they are going to continue to get more of a problem. And you need to figure out how, how to keep Shea from lighting up the scoreboard. Considering he's fifth in the NBA in scoring at 30 a game, nobody has yet. And he is right on the cusp of being mentioned in the MVP conversation. So Shay, himmy him, him, himmy him, him from the gym. And that will not be his last award this year, I promise you. Let's move forward. Some news from around the league. Let's check in on what's popping. Let's start in Chicago, huh? It's probably tranquil there, right? Like probably nothing going on. Just giving you a little update on uh, the state of Billy Donovan's haircut. You know, when's the last time Billy Donovan got an, uh, a lineup? No, the trade machine is rocking and running. It's, you can hear it. It's starting to speed up. And fortunately, this time, nobody's denying it. The Bulls front office is like, yeah, we're exploring all options. Zach Levine is being like, hey, I got these preferred landing spots. Shams, Shams, Miami, Sacramento, not New York, probably LA, not the Clippers, and saying this is all a business. And then, of course, you still have to play games in the middle of it, right? So that gets a little sticky. You got a little political back and forth happening, which is why when the Bulls had a nice comeback win over the Heat and outscored Miami by 13 points in the fourth quarter, it 
didn't surprise me exactly that Zach Levine decided to go full villain and threw a bit of a tantrum being like, bitch, get off me, to the PR woman who's like, hey, you've got to do the post-game presser now uh, with the sideline reporter. The whole team celebrating on the court after this big comeback win. DeRozan put them up for a good late. Zach decides he's storming off the court, and there is nobody that's going to stop him. Bulls PR woman's like, hey, 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 and he's like, don't get off me. That is that is the only bull that did not celebrate the win. Joe Crowley of the Chicago Times Sun wrote this. Sources indicate that the front office was made aware of the situation immediately and, you guessed it, was less than thrilled with Levine's actions. When Coach Billy Donovan found out what happened, he was downright ticked. I love that word choice. Downright ticked. By golly, he was peeved. After the game, Zach was unapologetic saying it was a misunderstanding, I am sure. Let's listen. It's a miscommunication for us and our PR team. We're all fine. It's like you, I mean, you look take the way you kind of pull away, usually pretty accommodating and stuff like that. What exactly? No, I'm not ticked I'm happy we got a win, you know. We play these guys in a couple of days, you know. You don't want to just sit around and celebrate. I'd rather celebrate in the locker he just didn't want to celebrate. We got to play the Heat again in two days, so I don't want him to see us be too excited about beating them. I'm not ticked at all. Joe Crowley, could you just eliminate ticked from uh, your lexicon? It's 2023, my guy. Pissed, upset, heated. There's a lot of other words you could use. But also, Zach, we don't believe. Murder, murder, we don't believe you. I don't know. That game against Charlotte on November 23rd, 2019, when he scored 49 and won it on a turnaround three at the buzzer, then celebrated with your teammates like you won a gold medal. Remember that one? Remember, just March 16th, 2019, a game where you had a game winner. Your teammates went crazy after the buzzer. There was also that game against the Pacers where DeRozan hit that last second game-winning shot, and you just stood there with your arms down while the rest of your team mobbed them off. Are we starting to see a trend here? You realize that YouTube exists. I can just look them up. I can just look game log up. I can look your mannerisms up. I can look your body language up. It's okay that you are a little upset when your teammates are the guys down the stretch. It's a little okay to admit that you're kind of out on the bulls right now and you don't really care about team success. It's very clear from body language. You are fucking done. I'm not suggesting that Zach Levine is pulling a James Harden, but he's like pulling a, a Harden zero. You know, it's like tastes like t- Coke, but isn't Coke. Like It tastes like Harden, but it's not Harden. I am suggesting that Zach Levine is over Chicago. And this is another example. Let's move on. How bad have things been for our guy, Jordan Poole? It's been really bad. It's been like, get this man a teddy bear kind of bad. So bad, according to Clutch Points, his efficiency is well below NBA average from every spot on the court. In other words, he's doing nothing well. And the Wizards, good teammates that they are, they have noticed. Teammate Tyus Jones, one of the truly good guys in the league, probably the most underrated player in the NBA, said that they are currently trying to keep Jordan Poole's spirits high in the dark space. Not the Aaron Rodgers retreat, the mental dark space that they are admitting he is going through. We are trying to keep his spirits up. He's probably putting a little too much pressure on himself, but it comes from a place of care and wanting to be great and wanting to succeed. Tyus, you must not have heard when Jordan Poole said his legacy was solidified and he's already won his chip and now this is his team.
when you're on a huddle, when you're in a huddle and you're not looking into the play calls and you're saying, don't worry about it, this is my team, and then you are so distracted during that huddle that you have to go back to the board to see after, to find out what they're calling, that's not putting pressure on yourself to succeed. That's being so selfish and not interested and just disengaged. It's magnifying your, your problems through inattention. How bad could things be? Well, Poole is the single lowest offensive rated player in the NBA at 90. To give you uh, an idea of how bad that is, by the way, it's not just guards, it's every NBA player. Klay Thompson is having the worst start to his career, not to pile on the dubs, our dubs, and is the bottom 10 uh, offensive rating in the NBA, but he's still 10 points better than Jordan Poole. Poole shooting splits are 39% from the field, 28% from three, and 81% from the free throw line. It's getting to the point where you almost feel bad for Jordan Poole if you didn't know he was getting baddies in D.C. along the way. I do want to see him have an occasional go-to heater, but in the meantime, fade Jordan Poole every single night. Points, threes, overs on turnovers. Let's move forward. Finally, we end this episode with the Celtics. They've been awesome. I haven't probably talked about the Celtics enough. Ten and two. Should be probably talking about them a little bit every single episode, but hey, can't cover everything. First in the East, but along the way, you miss your homies. Pouring out a little bit for Marcus Smart. Jason Tatum. A little bit in his feels. Nostalgic for the past. In this case, Marcus Smart has hit the injured reserve list, injured list, and may miss four to six weeks, even though they say that the injury is not that serious. Very sad times, obviously, for Marcus Smart. Very sad times for Memphis, where the team has gone off the cliff. He's been terrible. They've been terrible. But in Boston, vibes are very high, and they cannot quit him. Tatum specifically said this after a Celtics win this weekend. I thought I was going to spend my whole career with Marcus. Marcus is a big part of this culture. He was the most beloved Celtic that we had on our team. I know, TikTok fans got so mad at me when I suggested that he would be traded. He was the heart and soul. To see him leave, I thought I was going to play with Smart my entire career. So seeing him leave was tough. Can we just get this man back to Boston? Can we just make a trade now? I am sure Memphis would allow you to give stuff back. I don't know what it is. I think you probably have enough in the scrap heap to give Memphis something to stay interested. Trade them. Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, first rounder, bring him back home. Neither side wanted this breakup in the first place. Brad Stevens is probably sending him love notes. And I bet you, I bet you Marcus Smart off the bench would be a good, good piece for a championship caliber team. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Come on back tomorrow. For an all-new episode, Rookie Report, check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which will drop unexpectedly. Hey, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful if you're listening to this podcast right now. I'm thankful if you send me DMs, if you comment on my Instagram post or my TikTok post. You're fucking dope. This podcast could not exist without you. I'm thankful for everyone involved and who makes this podcast. So in the meantime, let's grow them. Let's get other people to subscribe, download, and tell your friends. Every single one of them, even the folks that you pass at the airport when you're going home and you're sad because you don't know how long it's going to be till you see your family because layovers are long and there's delays. You know what time it is. It's like home alone. And follow us on social. Heat Check, Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see you tomorrow.